Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. I'm pretty excited for this week's episode, but before we get started, I think we have a couple of housekeeping things to do. First is a fact check we received on last week's episode. Uh, We were talking about our bucket list. And a listener who is familiar with Tropicana Field uh, let us know that they actually still do have the stingrays at the stadium. Or the ballpark, I guess I should say. Is that different than stadium? Ballpark? I mean, they're interchangeable. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, good thing she was listening because then people would have been like, I'm not going to a Rays game without seeing those damn stingrays. Never mind. But you can still go and see them. Yes, you can. Although I dug a little bit deeper when we got the fact check, and it does seem like the 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 year that they had the shortened baseball season because of like COVID and all of that jazz, um, they did not, and, and fans were not in the stands. They did not bring the Stingrays out because there were no fans at the ballpark. So there was like a season where they weren't there. But now that fans are back, they are indeed back. Okay. I think I actually have a second fact check that I didn't get to mention. Um, Curveball. Curveball. I only knew of our one (laughs) fact check. (laughs) Um, I was um, told that perhaps in the last podcast, I made the person who thought the sunrise was going to be exposed feel as though I uh, didn't reveal the whole truth. Apparently, she realized there was no sunrise, and she was like, now I look like a dumbass that doesn't know that there's a sunrise. There wasn't a sunrise. I'm like, okay, maybe I forgot to mention the fact that you knew that there was no sunrise, but you went anyway. Oh no, that was. Thank you for uh, bringing up that second fact check. That's important to know. Very important. Yeah, yeah. So sorry about that. And I think, like you know, I've I've been at the lake when it's sunset in Chicago, and so the sun is setting behind me. Right, it's not setting over the lake. And there is still something peaceful about being near the water and kind of watching the um, the sky slowly darken, or in the case of a sunrise, like the day slowly come. Mm-hmm. So it is still a nice place to be when a sunrise is happening, even if it's not over the body of water. Yeah, we're, we're going to let her have it. My bad. You're yeah. not a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Marinella is taking accountability, and I am as well because I think I hopped on that. <laughs> like any, ch- any, I you know, not to not to uh, try to defend myself, but any opportunity I have to kind of shit on the American and Florida public education system, I take it. It's just like it's a knee. It's a what's that called? Like a reflux reaction? You know, I'm just. We're probably uh, going to get that well, fact she, check because I said she, that wrong. She was heavily, heavily educated in the North, but we'll go ahead and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still America, right? American public education. Yeah. That as a whole is going downhill, too. Let's just throw it all yeah. in there, no matter where you are. We've all been left behind, pretty much. You're right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, moving on to our last little bit of housekeeping has to do with one of our favorite women ever, Martha Stewart. Do you want to fill us in? Um, she she lost her peacocks recently. How did it happen? Is it a coyote? Yeah, I think you said it was a coyote attack. A coyote, a coyote attacked them, her peacocks. I think there were six of them. That's quite a bit of loss. 
Yeah, I find I that I, you know, ex- owning exotic animals is interesting to me. I know that she has like a ton of land and probably has mm-hmm. room for them and, you know, has the means to care for them properly. But I have no idea what it takes to, to care for peacocks. I don't either. I mean, I've heard of the care for chickens. That could be somewhat time consuming. The only reason I know about this is that my mom turned to me when I was visiting her this weekend and said, who the fuck cares? And I was like, wait a minute. I fucking care. (laughs) And then you immediately texted me and I was also aghast at the news. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow, that's very uh, insensitive mother about Martha Stewart's peacocks. I mean, it is sad. It is sad. And if, if you're a listener of the show... You know we love Martha here. You know it's our goal to get her as our first ever guest. <laughs> yeah, we do. We want we want you, Martha. Contact us. We don't have agents. The email is in our podcast notes. Uh, but there is exciting Martha Stewart news. It is mm-hmm. her 81st birthday next week, August 3rd. I can't believe that woman is 81. It's It's actually sickening to think that. You could look that good at 81. I know. I'm curious what her skincare routine is. I mean, definitely sunscreen. Yeah, she's probably heavy on exfoliation, I would say. Yeah, I have to Um, imagine. I'm sure she has a dermatologist she sees regularly to do any of those, you know, like skin peels and I don't know what else people get. Maybe Botox. She doesn't look overly Botox by any stretch, but she might have had some. She probably just runs through like an industrial car wash. And that's it. She's done. <laughs> it's all genetics for, for Martha. Puts the wax on the outside and calls it a day. Well, do you have any other surprise uh, fat checks or Martha Stewart fun facts before we move on to today's topic? I think I'm done. I think that's it. <laughs> Good. Good news. Well, we're going to talk about friendships today, mainly about friendships with other women, but I think we might also touch on friendships with men as well. I mean, most of my friendships are, I think, with women at this point, but there are variations of that. Mm -hmm. We've touched on this. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you have heard us talk about our mutual friend group, and you know that we met in college, and some of us even went to high school together. So we've known each other. Actually, last weekend was my 20th high school reunion, and yours is next year, right? Yeah, I have to, I guess, decide if that's something worth attending, because you didn't go to yours. I did not, but some people in our friend group did go, uh, and it it Mm -hmm. sounds like our hometown is the same as it's always been. You know, some stuff doesn't change. Uh, But we've known each other then for about, give or take, about 20 years as a group. Um, would you say most of your friends are long-time friends, long-term friends, or do you have friends that you've met more recently? Um, I think most of them are long-term friends, although the friendships that are long-term have changed. Like, I think, like, these last 10 years are probably, like, when my friendships got the strongest. Mm-hmm. You know, even though even though we've been friends with, for 20 years, I can say maybe those first 10 years I was a little more aloof about everything just kind of like mm-hmm. there for a good time <laughs> yeah I think you know kudos and shout out to Sarah B because I think she was the one that put together our very first trip suggested it and and helped coordinate it um she actually usually coordinates the vast majority of them she does 
a lot of the legwork and gets underappreciated for it. Not that we all don't contribute, but she carries her weight and more. Um, I do yeah, think definitely. though that because then we also started talking on a group chat almost every day. And even if I don't contribute to the group chat every day, like somebody texts like there that that chat goes off every day. And I think between the group chat and the annual trips, that has also like strengthened the bonds of our friendship. Yeah. And for for the Florida locals now, we try to do like a dinner or lunch every month or every couple months kind of since we are close enough to be able to do that because that kind of was falling by the wayside like actually seeing somebody that lived an hour away was becoming a challenge Mm -hmm. I love that you all do that and I feel like it's nice for the ones who have children because it's like a night out away from their kids which I'm sure is much appreciated and then just for everybody it's a good opportunity to connect yeah definitely I think next time we're going for I think we're going for dinner but the there was a lingering question of what do we want to do after and I was like oh boy here we go yes although I'm not local my vote is the escape room yeah I was thinking that too yes and then you can report back here what it was like we'll we'll share all the details or you'll share all the details since I won't be there absolutely Well, this kind of leads, I guess, into my first question for you. Look at us figuring out these segues. So smooth. Smooth as butter here. Uh, It's hard to meet friends as you get older. So what are some ways that you either have met friends or you just think are good ways to meet friends, even if it's not something you would do to meet friends? Um, I mean, I've met friends mostly through work. Um, Outside, you know. Which I know is, is, is challenging now for people who are working from home, but um, that's where I've met most of my friends. You know, it, I will say, though, because I do work from home, I make a point. I have a coworker who started after the pandemic, so we've actually only met each other in person a handful of times. But we make a point to uh, get on, like, a coffee you know zoom call uh, either in the morning or in the afternoon or winding down we like hop on a call and we just chit chat right not necessarily about work but more like what are you doing with your life what shows are you watching that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. over i'm trying to think she's been here now a year and a half we've formed a pretty good friendship but it is it is interesting right because it's kind of a remote friendship we've only like i said probably ever been in person three or four times together yeah and there's also um because of covid there was a lot of activity i think with people on bumble bff Mm. i've heard a lot of people joining that i tried joining it and i felt like does everybody want to have brunch that's what i thought i was like when when does the brunch stop like i don't want to do that shit (laughs) but that's like kind of i mean i guess that's what i don't know I don't want to say that's what women like to do, but I mean, it's like a good way to bond is to go out and eat and have some drinks. Sure. Um, But yeah, I started some friendships with people like that at first. Uh, Let me ask you, because I've not used Bumble BFF. Is it only, um, does it only pair you with, like if you are a woman with other women or could you meet men in a platonic way there, not a I'm interested in dating you way? 
I think you can only meet women. Gotcha. It was a little bit challenging, though, because I felt like... Okay, so I became friends with somebody on Bumble BFF that was a lesbian. And I was like, is this girl into me? Or is she, in fact, looking for a friend? And it was a very strange area. And I think that could happen for me with even straight people where I'm like, eh, is... Is there something flirtatious on my end towards this person now? Like, that's where I was kind of like, this is kind of confusing for me. Hmm. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. Because it's also, Bumble's also a dating app. Yeah. And I think most people associate it as a dating app. Yeah. So I would like put this disclaimer, like, warning, lesbian. (laughs) 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 Like, you just need to know, like, you need to know that ahead of time, just in case. I love it. Don't don't touch me like that. Thank you. (laughs) But I only met one or two people on there, and I was like, "Ah, all right, I'm good. Thanks. Mm, mm. Did you discover any new brunch spots at least? Um, I went to zero brunches, no. No. Something tells me you're doing Bumble BFF wrong. I I think I did a coffee and a bike ride. Maybe that's what I did. Oh, that's actually pretty cool, though. Mm -hmm. Not, Not a lot of talking in a bike ride, I'll tell you that much. No, but you know, it makes me think like one of the, I was jotting down ideas for meeting friends and, and just try to think of ways, because I moved to Chicago um, 13 years ago, and I only knew the friend that I moved here with, and so I was just trying to go through people I know and like how I've met them, and one of the thoughts I had was joining some sort of, like if you are a runner, joining a runner's group, or joining some sort of a, you know, gym where they do like orange theory comes to mind because you sign up for a class time and a lot of times you'll see the same people mm-hmm. go to yeah. the same class times and you might start up a conversation over time or maybe like yoga is another one that comes to mind where again you sign up for specific class times and you'll probably run into the same people and you know that you have something in common already because it's like you like running or you like yoga or whatever um and it might slowly lend itself to once you start recognizing the same person there, then striking up a conversation, and then maybe one day it's like, oh, do you want to go grab drinks sometime or go get coffee or go, right? And then you try to like move that friendship. I'm doing air quotes because I realize if you're just talking to somebody at the gym, you haven't formed a friendship yet, but like moving it away from the gym or the activity and into like the real world. Yeah. And that can be a natural progression. Yeah. Uh- now that you mention it, going to Orange Theory, um, I haven't made friends with any women. I've made friends with tons of dudes. I don't know if I'm just like me and like you guys might be it. I don't know what the fuck my problem is, but. <laughs> or it might be the, you know, I don't want to stereotype Orange Theory. I went to it for a while. A lot of gay men do love Orange Theory, and that did make up a large demographic that was at the gym when I was at the gym. Yeah. So I could see how it's almost just like by sheer sample, you know, the the sample size is very large on the gay men proportion. Yeah. So I could see how you end up walking away with some friendships with, with men instead of women there. That's that. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. 
Well, the biggest way I made friends, and it would be harder to do at my age because I've semi-retired from playing softball, but it was doing like a team sport. I started with softball, but I did some other team. Like I played dodgeball. This was all in my 20s, right after I moved to Chicago. And I get that Chicago is also a huge city, but I think most cities have some sort of like social sports leagues in them for adults that are like beer leagues or, you know, like a bar maybe sponsors a local rec league. Yep. Um, and I found that that was a great way because it was, again, it was people that were interested in some sports I enjoyed. And then we just, you know, you get to talking to people and you find some other commonalities and the people that you vibe with most. And then you kind of start hanging out after games and and it just naturally progressed. And some people I didn't necessarily have a connection with and didn't form a friendship with. But, you know, I found my people, found my people amongst the crowd. And those are people you're still friends with now, right? I am. Yeah. In fact, uh, let's see, this week I'm going to a baby shower for one of them i met her husband through playing softball and then the week after i'm going to a wedding of a friend that i met through softball there you go so other ideas though for ways to meet friends especially at our age like when you start getting into your 30s or maybe even your 40s because it does get harder i mean for me i've made some friends living where I live in my condo, like my neighbors, people are just kind of hanging out, shooting the shit, walking their dogs, and I see them every day. So um, after a while, I just started talking to them. And yeah, those are people I talk with every day. I mean, sometimes you want to avoid one or two of them, but for the most part, like I have a pretty good relationship with all my neighbors. Yeah, I think that also is kind of, if I'm thinking back to college, like the people I ended up making friends with, especially off the bat at first, were the people who lived on the floor of the dorm I was in, right? Because it's just yeah. like I saw them every day. And so we started interacting more and then, you know, again, started doing things together and it naturally progressed. So that feels kind of like the same idea, right? Like you see your neighbors every day. Hopefully you find some that you might be open to starting up a conversation with and could progress from there yeah um another good way is through social media honestly like even if it's like reconnecting Mm. with a friend from before like i've reconnected with some friends from high school that i kind of thought i probably won't ever talk to them again but i have so yeah that's a good point like there might be people who you drifted apart from but not because you wouldn't want to be friends, but just like life led you on a different path and things naturally fell away. But it, yeah, it might be worth reconnecting. I, I hadn't really thought of that, but that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, my other my other idea is like things that I've been doing kind of recently. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say necessarily have quite yet taken the friendship out of the activity yet but I notice I am getting closer to some of these women um are a book club that I joined and then also I took an art class which I think I've talked about in this podcast before mm-hmm. it was only a four-week art class but those of us that showed up every week you know there's only 10 in the class and I would say there was about 
six or seven of us that showed up every week and we started to kind of get to know each other and chat and they do offer 10 and 12 week courses at this art center so I think in the winter I'm going to go back and take a longer course and I hope with you know more time because I only did four weeks that I might you know be able to to get to know someone better Um, but the book club is similar in that you know we meet about four to six weeks during the summer we haven't been doing it as frequently and I'm starting to really get to know those women a lot more and it's through the coffee shop that I go to which Mm -hmm. I guess that's another tip be a regular at some place a coffee shop a bar you know someplace where you might get to know the staff there and other regulars Uh, but back to the book club point we are starting to get to know each other better and when I see some of the women either in the neighborhood or at the book club we stop and chat So I feel like, you know, I'm getting to that place where I might hang out with one or two of them soon outside of book club. That would be very exciting. How do you segue from book club to the outside world? You just maybe. Yeah, I know, right? How it is, it is that first kind of like step. And I think it might be just as simple as like asking somebody. (laughs) I feel like you're asking someone on a date. Would you like to meet up for coffee in this case? Because we do book club through the coffee shop that seems pretty natural uh but I think it is right it's just like hey do you want to go grab drinks after or do you want to go grab dinner sometime I'd love to hear more about you brought up this author you love it'd be fun to chat about them right I think it's just trying to find someone that you think also feels like there's some some interest in common ground and then just I guess Like I said, asking them on a date, a friend date. Yeah, or even if you don't really have much in common, like I made a friend at work that's incredibly into import cars, and Mm -hmm. I have no interest in them to begin with, but now when she asked me to go check stuff out like like that, I find it to be kind of exciting. I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know, to learn something different. Mm -hmm. I also feel like you and I do not have children, but... Some of our friends do, and I know a lot of women our age do have children. And honestly, I think women who I know who have children find good luck taking their kids to some sort of activity in the community, whether it's signing them up for, you know, learning how to swim or some, again, some sort of a sports group or other activity. I know our friend Ashley does Cub Scouts with her kids, right? Mm -hmm. And then just getting to know some of the other parents and I'm sure it's nice to have friends who are also parents and have children of a similar age yeah I think there's some kind of mom bond like I went out with some friends and they had their their kid with them and the kid was acting a fool and the lady next to her had a kid that was acting a fool and those two moms just gave each other this look like yeah I fucking feel ya I understand yeah and they just joked with each other the whole time. I was like, are we even here? I don't even know if we're here. It's okay. Have a good time. <laughs> I also, it's so true. And I also feel like for moms, it's probably so important to have somebody that really gets what it's like being a mom and that you can, oh, we just had a Walter. Oh, he came in really, ha- he, he came in he, hard at you. <laughs> He launched. I really thought the computer <laughs> and the microphone were going to go flying. So if you hear some weird background noise, listeners, sorry. It's it's my cat, Walter, who decided to join the podcast today. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think for moms, having somebody that, that understands and that can be a little bit of an outlet 
I'm sure it's big. Yeah. Yeah, because nobody else is going to really get it. Like, I can get it, but I don't really get it. Right. I'll, I can I'll listen. I'll tolerate and... it. I'll, and I'll entertain understanding, but I I'm, I really don't understand a goddamn thing, so. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And I'm, I'll, like, ask questions. I'm like, was that just a dumb question to ask? <laughs> but, like, another mom have already known that and asked a better question because... <laughs> Probably. And no point of reference, right? No frame of reference for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, uh, I think that's all of the advice we have for how to meet new friends. I want to pick your brain on, you know, how do you keep in touch with your friends? How do you keep those friendships going once you form them? Especially if it's a friendship where maybe you don't live physically close. So, you know, you're distanced. Um, I try to check in with people regularly. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. not every every day or anything. Some people would be every day, but um, like once a week, you know, if I'm just like, oh, I wonder what they're up to or if I know something's happening in their life, I definitely reach out. And these check-ins, are they like text or are you calling people, you emailing? Um, I'm never DMing. emailing. I don't ever send anybody an email unless I mean some serious business um but yeah usually a text you know or try to be interactive and send some like pictures or you know maybe facetime occasionally like my sister-in-law lives in new mexico we did some facetiming i haven't done it with her in a while but like i'll text her and kind of check in Mm -hmm. i'll admit and if you are a friend of mine listening to this podcast you already know this I'm not always the best at checking not necessarily checking in but I would say keeping in touch via text I'm not quick to respond I'm someone who likes to set my phone down a lot because I feel like I'm on a computer all day and I feel like interacting on my phone and screen stresses me out to a certain degree so I'm someone who will put aside my phone for a couple of hours and then respond to text either later that day or the next day which I know isn't great um I'm aware of that but it's like where do I find that balance between having some personal boundary with my phone and not wanting to always be on it yeah but wanting to like keep in touch and be responsive to my friends and not feeling like I'm neglecting them so I still kind of struggle with that so I wouldn't say I'm the best at keeping in touch I do think I'm pretty decent at if I know you have something big coming up, whether it's exciting or maybe it's something that's really stressful that you're worried about, I think I'm pretty good at remembering to check in and see how that thing went or see if you need anything before that event or you know whatever the situation is. That I think I can, that I do well. Yeah, and, and I know that about you. So it's I think it, it would read different if I was like, not hearing back from somebody I know that really enjoys communicating that way. I'd just be like, well, I guess she fucking hates me. But I have <laughs> I have friendships like that where people have told me, you know, off the bat, hey, I'm not one to get back in touch. I don't want to feel obligated to be in touch. I'll get back in touch when I feel like it. And I'm like, cool. That way, I also feel like I can be the same exact way. And it's like not going to be a big thing. Oh, totally. I don't have an expectation that people respond to me immediately because I know that I'm not great at responding to them. Uh, And I, you know, 
thank you for saying that. I do think most of my friends who know me and are in contact with me regularly know that I'm not always the quickest to respond. Um, and I know that they've learned, hopefully not, it's not a personal thing. I value the friendship. It's just more of a setting a boundary with my phone. Yeah, if I really feel like I want to know what Liz is up to, I just look on your find my friend and I see that you're home <laughs> like a like a real crazy person. And that's kind of like, oh, OK, Ariel's at home. Liz is at home. OK, everyone's at home. Nobody's doing shit. OK, that's that feels right for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, OK. Let me ask you about friendships kind of coming to an end. Have you ever had to break up with a friend or, you know, drifting apart friendships? What are your experiences with that? Um, Kind of. A lot of my friendships with people I worked with in restaurants kind of just took a dump as soon as I left the industry. Um, same for me I don't really keep in touch with anyone I knew from my years in the restaurant yeah and it was more of a like I guess I don't want to say a lifestyle change but like I was up until two o'clock in the morning drinking with those people and now I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I go to the gym or I have coffee or something like that where it's just like it's not the same I actually got invited to like a reunion um, coming up for a restaurant I used to work at and the idea of going actually just didn't appeal to me. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably good. Thank you. Have a good time. Just doesn't feel like, I I mean, they could be completely different people, but I'm just like, it's kind of was like a time and now it's, it's Mm -hmm. not. I, I feel like the restaurant industry, there's kind of two types of people. There are people who become like lifelong servers or lifelong restaurant um, you know, that's the career path they, and I, I do kind of get it. I think working in a restaurant is an adrenaline rush and it's exhilarating. And if you work your way up into either fine dining or just a more expensive restaurant, you can make very good money. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a very lucrative career. Uh, but there's like the lifelong crowd and then the crowd that's like, I know I'm only doing this for a short period of time, either like through college or even if it's just like in my 20s. And this is not where I see myself later on in life. Yep. And I, yeah, I do agree with you that like anyone who is more of a lifelong server, I definitely knew I was not going to keep in touch with just because it is, it's a very different lifestyle. We used to close at like, midnight by the time you got out of there to your point we would go drink at a bar or go out after because you're so wide awake you know you like we're just working you can't go home and fall asleep immediately and there's nobody else who's awake at midnight except for other people who work in an industry like the restaurant industry so yeah and then all your time actually spent in the restaurant how much of it was i working i really wasn't work. i was just bullshitting like that was more like playtime as well for me. I was like, this, yes, there's some work involved, but mostly I'm just shooting the shit with these people still. Were you one of those that didn't do your side work ever and made the rest of us? Have to Usually, do your side yeah, work? I was like a closer and I was like, I get to assign the side work. I don't do any of it. So <laughs> get to work. Okay. 
Oh, goodness. But yeah, I guess those kind of fizzled out a bit. Yeah. And I, you know, some of the women and men that I went to grad school with, we were close for a period of time. And then a lot of us moved away from the area. And I found those friendships also kind of just drifted apart naturally, right? We just happened to chat less and less and then we kind of have it now talked in years and I don't think it's anyone I wouldn't consider it a breakup it's not like I don't care about those people but it's hard sometimes to maintain friendships when you're not going to see each other regularly and maybe whatever it was that bonded you or that you shared in common is no longer there you know so it's I I think that's just a natural part of life that sometimes friendships are going to drift away and that's not um it's not a failure of either party. I think it's just something that naturally happens. Yeah. Now, have you had like a friendship blowout breakup? Like, uh, we're done here. Uh, don't ever talk to me again type of thing. I was trying to think if I've had one like that. I, I'm not recalling one where we had a blowout that ended it. Although, in fairness to our friend Ashley, who I've known since we were pretty young, she would have had every right to probably end some friendships when we were children, but we're still going strong as friends like 30 <laughs> years later. We definitely had some some blowouts. There really? Was a, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a very there is a very infamous fight over a Barbie shoe. Uh, oh, OK. We still occasionally we're going way back. OK. About. OK. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, like we were what I think we met when we were nine or ten so right we're you know pre-teen years I definitely recall us getting into arguments like sisters would and pulling each other's hair um I like distinctly remember being in my living room and both of us had like each other's hair that we were oh my pulling God. I yeah I know so she would have had every reason to have probably ended our friendship but for some reason she has stuck by me You'll, like, find out later that Ashley enjoys hair pulling. You're just, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like a kink of hers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's what got me. Yeah, I don't know if I've had any, like, big, I guess one maybe, and I think it was related to some some drunken activity that maybe just got a little too crazy uh, and probably could have easily been squashed, but instead, eh, just – yeah. Split up. Do you think if that had happened, how old were you when it happened? Oh, God. Probably like 26, 27, old enough. Okay. So, but still in your 20s, do you think if that happened like more recently, you would have made it a point to try to mend the relationship? Or do you think it maybe not? With, with that, that particular person. person, I think maybe that was probably what needed to happen. Um, because I have, like, actually been in contact with them again after that. And there's a discomfort still, you know what I mean? Where it's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we both mm-hmm. know something went really bad and we're, neither of us really made the effort to acknowledge it now. So I'm like, well, maybe some things are just worth letting go, you know? Yeah, I I think certain friendships, if I had a blow up for some reason with them, it would be worth repairing, like if it happened tomorrow. Um, but I have to say at this point in my life, I don't know that it would get 
to a blow up point. I mean, I don't want to say it won't happen, but I think most of the friends that I surround myself with now, not to say we wouldn't get irritated with each other, but I think we would come to the table to talk through it before we allowed it to become like a blow up where we're at each other's throat over something. Yeah, like I don't know that I would fight with anybody that I really cared about now. Like actually fight and maybe have a conversation right. for sure. But like mm-hmm. the, the way that yeah. I used to probably argue with people or handle disagreements is probably not healthy. And now I can see that. Right, right. Yeah, like I'm not going to pull Ashley's hair at this point unless she asked me to. Well, we'll <laughs> see about that. Um, is there anything that, you know, at this point in your life, a friend could do that would cause you to, you know, end the friendship? I think if I'm like consistently having to like tell you about a line not to cross or, you know, like just a total disregard for how I feel, even if I've made myself pretty clear, then, then that probably is like a meh. I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to be like, we're done, but I may like distance myself, may choose not to share certain parts anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like if you can't respect my boundaries, that's certainly a red flag in a friendship. But again, I feel like at this point, all of my friends are people who respect my boundaries, so I can't really imagine it becoming that. Um. I think the only other thought I had as far as like why I would end a friendship is just someone who maybe really badly betrayed me in a way that didn't feel repairable or something that we could work through. Um, I was trying to think of an example of what that might be. I don't I don't know that I have an answer to it, but you know, something that maybe is like really like egregious. Yeah. behind my back and I found out about it or something like that like sleeping with your spouse if you had one or something obviously maybe that's obvious you're out of here but probably. I'd also hold that against my spouse too oh, I mean to be against both of them but yeah you'd stop you'd have to stop speaking to both of them yes absolutely right right yeah that would be probably an example but again I don't feel like any of the people that I surround myself with now are people that would do that to me yeah I think you have a pretty good picker I will, I will say that. Is that because you are one of my closest friends that you think I'm such a great um, <laughs> You really chose well the year that you met me. I don't know if it was just me, but that year was very good for you. It was a good vintage. <laughs> I don't even know. Remember, I don't really remember what year you met me. I think I, I was at a, like a white trash party or something, and I think that might have yeah. been it. We'll just go with early 2000s, somewhere in that that yeah. range. We don't have to be specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that is, I've not been a great relationship picker. Horrible at that, hence why I'm still not married. Uh, but I do think, I, to your point, have been good at picking friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have been very good at curating your friendships over the years, recognizing which ones weren't healthy for you and moving on yeah definitely much better these last few years i think yeah you have a great set of friends now toot 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 that horn (laughs) thank you (laughs) well we've been primarily talking about our friendships with other women do you have male friendships and if so 
you know, do you view those friendships differently than you do your friendships with women? Or is it kind of the same for you? I, I, I mean, I have a lot of male friends. A lot of them are straight male friends, too, which is not like the norm for what I would typically have prior to my 30s, I think. I think I just got really involved in like working in a male-dominated industry and kind of learned to connect with them. Um, but a lot of the, the men that I've kind of become close with are very like in touch with their emotions too. So I'm kind of like, eh, there's not a lot different between my male friendships and my female friendships in that way, except there are certain things that I know not to like, cross a line with a guy versus with a woman. I feel a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. I think... I think I'm pretty similar. So I have friendships with men who are both straight and gay. And I have, with most of them, I don't want to say it's a superficial friendship because I, I don't actually mean that. I think that they are people who I could call and rely upon if I needed for any reason. Um, but I think I would, if, you know, if something's happening in my life that I really need to talk to a friend about, I'm going to call typically a woman friend and open up to them. With the exception, I would say, of three male friends that kind of permeate that inner circle. Um, two of them are gay. One of them is a straight man. And for various reasons, we have become close and have opened up about more intimate details of our life and found like a safeness with each other around it. Mm -hmm. With the two gay men, you know, one of them, we talk about kind of being chosen family. We both, um, you know, he's not an only child, but he is at, at this point, his sister has passed. And um, so we kind of feel like we've created this like little bit of a chosen family with another one, I've, I've known him since we were 14, and he's the friend that I moved to Chicago with and just have been through just, like, a lot of life together, you know, and that has bonded us deeply. Um, and then the the third male friend who is straight, um, I just feel like a lot has happened in his life over the last few years, and somehow it kind of started out small where we both started just opening up to each other, and, you know, again, we... we felt safe and comfortable opening up and that just bonded us um and i think sometimes with straight men their friendships wane a bit in life you know like a lot of married men i know for example are kind of friends only with their wives friends or their wives friends husbands i think i said that right like the husbands of their wives friends it's like mm -hmm. they don't have sometimes their own group of friends. I think women tend to be very good at keeping friendships throughout their lifetime. And again, I'm speaking very broadly, and I know I'm probably feeding into some stereotypes, but I think sometimes straight men don't necessarily keep those close bonds as much throughout life and sometimes end up becoming closer to a woman as a friend. Yeah, I can see that. Like a woman as a friend, like, like their spouse or like... Or a different woman, right? Because I think women are more, 
you know, naturally I think can be caregivers and, you know, or again, we've talked about this before, socialized to be empathetic and to, to do all those things, whereas men really aren't. And so if they've had their male friendships kind of fall to the wayside, I think sometimes it's easier for them to seek emotional support through a female friendship because... Because guys don't do that, aren't. yeah. 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 So... So even male friendships are probably unsatisfying to men. Is that what you're telling me? I, I mean, I don't want to say that. I know some straight men who have great male friendships. Yeah, but I yeah. do also know some that don't really have any male yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. And, and the men that I'm close with are, are probably men that have, like, recognized when I was in a time of need and, like, asked about it and followed up about it and kind of were a little bit more persistent versus... You know, um, the ones that were like, wow, she seems like she's in a really shitty mood today. Oh, anyway, you know, like. <laughs> right, right. Like they led with some empathy and compassion instead of avoidance and fear of you because you were in a bad mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. They're, oh. they're, they're, they can be similar. I just do feel like women kind of go that extra mile to kind of know a little bit more about what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. And again, I really do think that goes back to a lot of the ways we're socialized. Women are encouraged to be caring and to nurture that side of themselves, whereas men are encouraged to be like independent and they're not necessarily um, nurturing their caring side I think they're very much capable of having it but they're maybe it's been a little socialized out of them in some ways yeah yeah like maybe they should be doing something more productive with their time than bonding with somebody I don't know that's that's the way I feel mm-hmm. yeah well and I, I wonder I feel like our generation you know when I talk to our friends and other friends I know you know, they're wanting to be a little more aware of like those gender roles and norms and trying not to fall into them too, too much if they're raising little boys or if they're raising even little girls and not wanting to push them into all the little girl stereotypes, you know, or yeah. again, all the little boy stereotypes. Funny enough, I didn't play with a lot of little girls when I was a little girl. I was always around boys and my brother's friends. Um, and not until like I had like younger cousins and I kind of hung out with them, but more so I was like, I was always around boys. Hmm. So. Oh. Who knows? I don't know what that means, but who knows? Yeah. I just wonder if their best friends are girls or boys now. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. Well, I lost touch with them funny enough. (laughs) Well, you you can reconnect, as we discussed earlier, if there's someone that you think might uh, still be a good friendship option 30 plus years later. Yeah, I guess I could do that. Seems like a reasonable thing. See if they're still into toy cars, you know, or whatever else you share. Did you you ever learn how to tie your shoes? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So just today I was talking to my co-worker that I chat with and uh she told me her son by the way is 17 years old I think he's gonna be a senior this year and very intelligent kid like he's in model United Nations like he's bright bright kid 
And um, she was telling me that he still ties his shoes doing the bunny loop method, that he never learned the other method. Um, yeah, so you can go far in life with not knowing how to tie your shoes is all I'm saying. So don't let that hold you back. All right. And uh, next week, I'll see you for Martha's birthday party, remote birthday party. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone.